Well, Ulysses, it's Bizarro World in Oakland, evidently, as the Rays fall again to the Athletics by a unfortunate score of 2-1. to one. And we will try to understand this, why this is happening, and why baseball is like that. So let's get started right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. And we are the host of the Lockdown Race Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Rays, as well as all the other podcasting platforms. You can also email us. We will be having a mailbag episode coming up this week. LockdownRays at gmail.com. If you want to type a regular email, you can do that. Or if you want to send us a 60-second or less voice memo. We appreciate that as well. LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, as I alluded to, uh, the Rays fall again to the Oakland Athletics by a score of 2-1. to one. Oakland is no longer the worst team in baseball, or I should say they no longer have the worst record in baseball at 19-50. and 50. Uh, That award goes to the Kansas City Royals, but the A's have won seven straight. The Tampa Bay Rays are reeling, evidently. Uh, My theory for the bats going cold is uh, the smog took all the oxygen out of the wood, and the the Rays just can't put it all together. We know about the California smog and environment, so that's my uh, hot take and theory on that. All right. I mean, I'll I'll take any theory right now that that we can um, come up with. Uh, I mean, look... Is it frustrating? Of course, it is frustrating to see the best team in baseball fall to the Oakland A's, who have not been a very good team. And that's very PC of me to say that. Yeah. Um, very good team. But it's frustrating. I understand that. It's just uh, I, I don't see how there should be a, a feeling of despair or um or oh my goodness this team is actually not that good like uh i just i i don't feel that way uh i know i think it was adam berry who put it on his article the rays had scored 51 runs in their first 10, ga- 10 games in june that's 5.1 runs easy math um averaging per game that's tremendous that's insane and then these two games, you only score a couple runs each. So, yeah, there's been a drop-off, but I don't feel like there's anything that we can pinpoint and say, well, this is this 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 is the beginning of the end because you're losing against the Oakland Athletics and, and you're not really scoring any runs. Like, I, I don't feel that way. I think it's just, you know, things that happen, and it shouldn't really be a, a big deal. I don't know if you're with me on that. No, I agree. I try to be level-headed with this stuff. It's an extremely long season. Are Atlanta Braves saying the same thing after what they did or didn't do against the Oakland Athletics? You're going to have hot streaks. You're going to have slow streaks. That's baseball. That's the name of the game with 162, whether you're playing the best team in baseball, the worst team in baseball, a middling team in baseball, going on the road to the West Coast is not very easy by any means. So, You put together a couple of porous games offensively. I'm not going to freak out and pout about it. Um, It's certainly unfortunate that 
uh, Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, and uh, Randy Rosarena couldn't put anything together between the three of them. That's right. sort of what uh, should jumpstart this offense. But believe it or not, in this loss uh, to the A's, I do have some positives to glean, i.e. Uh, basically Manny Margot and Jose Siri carrying the team offensively if we want to go that route, I suppose. I mean, you can go that route. You can also, you know, name the names if you wanted to be uh, a little bit more critical. Like you said earlier, uh, Wander Franco and Yan Diaz did have an opportunity there to to get. Was it Margot in? I believe. I believe Margot had a double, and Francisco Mejia laid down a fantastic yes. sacrifice bunt, getting Margot over to third with fewer than two outs. Love um, that, by the way. Love that yeah. for Mejia. Look, man, if you're struggling and you can just do something to help out the team, that's certainly something. And you know, during the um, during the broadcast, I believe it was BA who made a mention uh, of of productive outs. the The Rays lead the league in productive outs. Yeah, um, that's 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 such a good stat to know. Um, that's why I will never, ever, ever be a proponent of a strikeout is better than making contact. Even if those people are trying to tell you contact can make you uh, get a double play, give me contact a thousand times yeah. better than a strikeout because you never know what can happen. That defense might boot it. You, if you if you're a hustling team like the Rays, you might beat the throw and 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 you might negate that double play. Um, you, you move the runner and you give somebody else a chance with a with a person in, in, in scoring position. So though there there is this whole uh, movement now that a strikeout is better than con than making contact. <laughs> why yeah. are we trying to why are we trying to rewrite the game? that has been played for 150 years. Like, I, I don't understand. Like it's the whole flat earther concept. Like, nope, earth is flat. Nope. Strikeouts are better. <laughs> no, right. they're not. I don't understand yeah. the position, Kevin, especially on this race team where you don't have to hit the ball extremely hard or far to move the runner over or get the runner in with the athleticism and speed on this team, shallow outfield fly ball to right field scores, Jose Siri and a lot of other guys, from third and even if whoever it is uh grounds into a double play maybe you have less than two outs or you have no outs and yeah you you get two outs but you get a runner in with that double play so and yeah. it's just extremely um disconcerting to a hitter i don't care who you are whether it's literally t-ball i don't know if you can strike out in t-ball uh high school college pros whatever. maybe a strikeout is extremely disconcerting and it just puts a, a bad taste in the mouth where you make hard contact hard out even if it's not a productive out it's something to build off of and say okay i hit it on the screws last time let me just straighten it up a little bit or hit them where they ain't and i'm going to uh, get things going here. So yeah. uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that. But yeah, it was really unfortunate that you would think that that was prime opportunity, prime for the taking for the Rays, where you've got a runner on third and you have Yandy Diaz and Wander Franco with I opportunities mean, and they can't salvage it by any means. That's extremely, extremely rare and doesn't happen very often. But 
again, credit to uh, Mejia for doing his part, credit to Manny Margot for doing his part. Man, it seems like I know Manny Margot has been quiet offensively for a large portion of this year, um, at least in, you know, his 253 average is about on brand for him, but um, he struggled in other areas. But uh, we've seen it so many times where he just has a knack for okay, I can, I can reach over, I can lean over, I can extend and get the ball into the outfield. Ground ball between the shortstop and the third baseman, scoring a run or getting on base. We've seen that, I mean, it seems like hundreds of times. We're, we've seen that exact same swing, exact same approach of kind of leaning out forward, leaning out over it, and just punching the ball into the outfield. Yeah, certainly. And the the thing with with Manuel, he he started very very slow, and yeah. it was kind of hidden because everybody was just hitting the the snot off the ball. So then he was kind of under the radar. But I think he has been improving. And and again, honestly, you don't have Manny Margot there for the bat. You have him for the defensive purposes more, more than more than the bat itself. But yeah, it was nice to see him be pr- productive and uh, in a very raucous environment. Yes, uh, Kevin, a very crazy environment that we will talk about uh, soon. But we got to tell folks something else about. We have that. to tell folks about something extremely important, and that is game time. Game time is the place. For last minute ticket deals, forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Reverse boycott. You could get tickets for that if you wanted to. So get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will actually credit you 110% of the difference. There's a reason it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you are set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again Create an account and redeem code locked on MLB L O C K E D O N MLB for twenty dollars off. Download game time today. Last minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed. Well, buddy, I gotta tell you about that environment. That was insane. That was yeah. really cool. I said it would not fall flat. I don't think it fell flat whatsoever. No, I think it was pretty awesome. It's about time that. And at the end of the day, whether you agree with it or disagree with it, it puts eyes on the game of baseball. Sports Center is going to be talking about it. Yeah. The blogs, the websites, social media is going to be talking about it. So I, I take the PT Barnum approach with PR. Hey, if they're talking about you, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise, it's a good thing. So um, credit to the A's fans for showing up and showing out um that's that's more of what we need in baseball i'd like to see it where it's not necessarily a reverse boycott situation but just a, a regular game of making it uh, a special event if you will so um and you know what all the all that the athletics fans have had to go through uh over the years i think it's uh well deserved because clearly the ownership is just totally punted on responsibility and caring for the team I, were, were the A's the ones that like totally got rid of their radio broadcast? Like they've they've just totally cut corners in every shape, form. It's Dude. it's been a 
an utter, utter mess. And um, now the team may be taken away from the fan base in Oakland. So I, I wish they, they would show up like this for the rest of the season. But again, the ownership would probably love this because that's money in their pocket that they're not going to, they're not going to use the, the, the money from the 27,000 strong that were there to, to put it in infrastructure or, or acquiring better players. I would well, think actually, actually they did put out a, a statement. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Um, they put out a statement saying that all the pro proceeds from last night's game would be going to two different charities. So okay, that's good. good for them. Good for them for doing that. I think one was for education and the other one was to feed the hungry. So, okay. Okay. You, my, you, my, my point would be, Hey, stay on them about that. Go to yeah. guide star and, and find some investigative reporter needs to, to do a deep dive and, and find out where that money will actually be funneled to and go through. You can say a lot of things, but let's, let's see it actually be delivered because, um, people lie, people, uh, you know, d- uh, don't, um, I don't know. I, I I like that that's what they're going to do. I really hope that's how it uh, finishes out, if you will. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so that that was that was nice uh, uh, of them in in a point one percent of nice things that they have done, um, or actually like ninety nine point nine percent of the good things that they have done this season for the fans because they haven't really done anything else. But I, it was it was really cool to to see another fan base just kind of speak out and. And and get in front of that. Look, I don't think any race fan should. uh, I I don't see how you don't feel empathy for Oakland A's fans as a race fan. Uh, You know, small market, uh, money ball, but also just knowing that the threat of of your team going away, it's a big one and it sucks. And, you know, I, I think every race fan should be very empathetic with that. I know that I do. And I think. Because of that reason, because of the the trials and tribulations that the A's are going through right now and the good things that are happening for the race, losing these two games to them, I'm not really upset about. I mean, really, I mean, I would rather lose two games to the Oakland A's right now than lose half a game against the New York Yankees. Like that, that's where it is. Like I, I. you know, it's it's kind of like a, a a believing a believing system of they need those two more those two wins more than we do. <laughs> and again, from the beginning of the outset of of this uh, of this week, you can put it put back Monday's episode. I said a split is a win. I am okay with a split. They can still come out of Oakland with a split, so hopefully they can do that. Now, if the Rays get swept by the Athletics, we're what is your boiling point? Where are you at emotionally if we look fast forward a couple days from now and they go 0 and 4 against the A's in this series? I would be disappointed. That 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 would suck. Uh even losing the series I would be like, "Damn, that that's that's a letdown." Um because of of what that entails of of who you're facing. But then again, like these guys they also swept the Milwaukee Brewers. Are the Milwaukee Brewers not a a a, a leading division uh, type team? I know the Pittsburgh Pirates right. just passed them, but they're in the division fight. We saw the 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 Milwaukee Brewers, and they 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 lost the last game the Rays did against the Brewers. It was a bullpen game, nonetheless. But whatever, they lost it. Uh, you can the Atlanta Braves lost against Oakland. Losing against a a certain team, no, no matter the record, does not 
mean anything. This ain't football. And I know that because there is no football and no basketball and no hockey right now, people are like gravitating towards baseball, especially sports fans. And if baseball is not your number one sport, you might think losing a game or two games against a bad team means that your team is no longer good. No, this is baseball. 162 beautiful games, frustrating games that you have the whole year. And it's fine. I agree. And at the end of the day, um, I would rather the Rays lose to bad teams and beat up on really, really good teams because that's who you're going to face in the playoffs. And we've seen some of that. So I think it's just a little bit of being in a rut, let down. You've had so many emotional high gear series and you're trying to find your footing again. And I eventually think they will. And again, I try to look at the silver lining of all this. And I know the Oakland athletics aren't going to be confused for, um, you know, the, the 27 Yankees or the late nineties Mariners or whatever it may be, but Hey, bullpen day, you, you held, you held fort. Um, you, you held the A's a major league baseball team to two runs beaks, Torinos, Diekman, Stevenson, and Poche. So I give him a little bit of uh, kudos and credit for doing that as well. I'll take any type of little win where I can get him. Dude, Diekman is looking great, um, has been looking great uh, since his acquisition. I mean, we always talked about his delivery, how funky it is, and he really did have good stuff. Could he get into inside the strike zone? And he really has shown that, that he can. Yanni Chirinos, I... I liked what he, I saw from him. I know he got into a little bit of a rough patch there in the fifth. Uh, my only thing with that is, man, three and a third from Yanni. I know it's like get him out there and feeling good. I understand that. It, there was a lane for the lefty for Jake Diekman to come in. If you if you keep using the bullpen like you're using it, the, the guys are gonna get tired, man. Like right. you, you can't give me the philosophy that like, well, I can't, I'm, I can, I cannot stretch out Shane McClanahan for seven innings after 82 pitches because I really need to take care of his arm or Tyler Glass now or Zach Eflin. And then you're saying, hey, bullpen, can y'all give me seven innings real quick? Um, even though I have a guy that can give me 70 pitches, but I'm going to leave him at 45. Can you guys take care of seven innings? Like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Especially if you're using guys that you think are go- you're going to be using in October, AKA Diekman, AKA Poche, AKA Stevenson. Like those are going to guy. Those are going to be the guys that you're going to be using in October. Is it not? So why are you, why are you putting extra bullets on them when you don't need to? Uh, I, that I, I don't understand. Yeah. That would have been a, a question to ask cash in, in the post game. I, I will say in, in watching some of Yanni Torino's, I really liked how he was, um, and BA pointed this out too, of pitching, starting outside versus right-handed batters and getting that two seamer to, uh, dovetail tail right back into the zone for a called third strike or a swinging strike like um basically a pitch that you can't really do anything with where the hitter sees it it's like no that that's going to be a a ball outside that's going to be uh uh, if i'm isak Perez, i'm taking that ball and i'm going to argue that strike call and get thrown out 
Um, but no, he he has enough movement and uh, command and feel to to get the edge of the strike zone with that pitch. So uh, that's something to be appreciated again with adding the the four seamer to his repertoire. And um, I think there's going to be there's going to have to be a day where he's extended continuously to to five six innings. I'm okay if you if you want to use an opener, do whatever you have to do. Jalen Beeks seemed comfortable in that role, so if it's opener, then Chirinos, then going to the rest of the bullpen. I'm cool with that. And who knows the the bullpen could be having reinforcements with the Rays uh, adding Erasmo Ramirez to a minor league deal, which I absolutely love. A guy the Rays are certainly familiar with. He's fallen on hard times recently, but this is a guy that has a long, long track record. It was 2022, I believe, where he had a fantastic season. So maybe just um, a, a tweak here, a tweak there, some positive reinforcement and messaging, getting into a comfortable uh, environment with a comfortable coaching staff and a winning clubhouse. That might be all the little push and nudge a guy needs to turn things around. And it's a minor league contract. So they're, they're going to see him in Durham. They're going to fix whatever needs to be fixing. If anything needs to be, uh, he did have a great season last year. He did uh, pitch in the world baseball classic, uh, which was great to see um, uh, representing Nicaragua. He always wanted to do that. So that was pretty cool. I, I, I love this deal. I love, uh, I always really enjoyed Erasmo pitching. And I think that's that depth is very important um so yeah good for you also good for you for uh for saying beaks beaks looked looked good in that opener role um yeah and even poche and stevenson like they got into trouble uh but you know that that that's gonna happen i don't think when you score one run that's going to be a a recipe for for success necessarily so there's that also about the the offense when you look at the runs scored from June 1st to June 3rd uh to June 13th so to yesterday the Rays are 11th um if they had kept in you know track with 5.1 runs per game they'd be ranked 4th um mm. in all of baseball so there's a drop off but i don't think you know it, it, it's it's not like the offense has gone somewhere like it's it's okay it'll be all right um yeah. i think more more troubling is the confession that Andy Freed gave everybody. Uh, well, actually, no. Through Trisha Whitaker uh, <laughs> calling Andy Freed out on his um, preference to put ketchup on a taco. That's disgusting. W-T what, man? Yeah. No, uh, He Andy. should be pulled off the air immediately. Andy, come that on. is, I Andy. first off, I don't even like ketchup. It's literally just pure high fructose corn syrup on anything and everything. It, to me, I don't like the viscous fluid, if you will. I'm not a fan of ketchup whatsoever, but I understand on French fries, hot dog, sure. hamburger, sure. but taco. Come on, yeah. And and this is this was his thing. He said, "Well, I learned it from my wife because." Uh, she's she. I I asked her. To, I was like, "Why are you putting ketchup on a taco?" And she's like, "What's the difference between that and tomatoes?" And then he didn't really have an answer for it. And he's like, "I disagree. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. But I disagree with putting ketchup on a taco." I I'm I'm with Trisha here. I'm and with, that's like the, what what's the difference between like uh, whole oats and uh, 
I don't know, add your sugary cereal, Apple Jacks. You know, there's it's processed. Yeah, I, I just genetically to, modified. I, I had to call him out because I had never heard that. And I'm glad that Trisha gave us that little bit of of information is always good with the nuggets and uh did an interview with jose siri which i found to be yes entertaining as well if you get a chance to watch and listen to that i know we don't have time to dive quite into it but i love the dynamic between jose siri and randy rosarena in the outfield uh fighting each other over fly balls telling you what if kevin kiermaier was still in center field and that was randy rosarena pulling that crap uh, it would no surrey that would not fly very well, but it seems like Siri and Randy, they've got a, a fun, uh, energetic dynamic and they can play along with each other and um, no hard feelings there. Whereas there could be hard feelings if it was somebody else patrolling the outfield. You have to have that good rapport, right? And, and I think there's levels of good rapport. You, I mean, we saw every everybody saw what KK and Randy, you know, the last couple of seasons, they, they, they did have their little, um, uh, brush ups. edgy brush-ups but this this whole thing about siri like calling it or making making it seem like he's going to catch it and kind of get, getting randy off his feet like i like it i love that when when you can see that your favorite players are having fun on the field that makes you have fun yeah because ultimately it's a game it's not rocket science yeah. it's nothing serious it's just supposed to be entertainment it's supposed to be fun and if they're having fun then guess what they're entertaining the fans and the crowd. Yes. And one more thing with that, you know who they um, uh, it, it it brought back two guys from the Texas Rangers that used to do that all the time. Do you remember a couple of teammates that used to do that to each other on pop ups and, and flyouts? What year was that? Around 2012, 2015, 2016. Infielders or outfielders? Infielders for the Texas Rangers. Beltrain Andrus? Yes, okay. Elvis and, and, and Beltra, man, they, they were always yeah. doing that thing to each other. It was always really fun to see. So I think that's maybe it gave me a little flashback when, when I saw Randy and, and Siri do that. No, that's awesome. It's all about um, emotion, enjoyment, entertainment, whether it's fun, jovial moments like that, or even Isak Pred is getting ejected from a game. I know people want to talk about robot umpires and all this, but that's a highlight. That's a clip. That's something that can be published and retweeted and posted and get people talking about the game in some way, shape, or form. And one other thing, I know we did not have time to get into it today, but the all-star voting, again, get out and vote. I, I guess we'll have to, to save it for another segment, but I I did notice something about the all-star voting. I don't see stolen bases listed. I don't see defensive metrics listed. I don't see F4 or B war listed. I, I, I want more of the full picture. Just yep. saying. Again, so. you can vote five times a day. Go vote for your race. Yandi deserves to be in that game. Randy yeah. deserves to be in that game. Well, if, he, if he starts hitting Longer. at Oakland, he I mean, come on. You got to gotta get it going. Can't have these 0 for 3, 0 for 4s. Vladimir Guerrero has too much name recognition. Too much. Pizzazz. So uh, let's let's start going uh, 3 for 4 here, Yandi. We, we need you to pick it up. Uh, all joking that's, aside. That's what happens when your dad is a Hall of Famer basically yeah yeah um all right hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we will talk to you tomorrow